Hey everybody, Aaron Bishop here with Derish Chai. We want to start asking new questions to scripture. We've got some things that we really want to do as, as a business. We are a nonprofit organization uh, and our goal is to simply seek life as defined by scriptures and then share it with others, with you, the audience, and to uh, try to live it out into the world, to create ways in which we can uh, bring life to the world. Because we can either serve life or serve death. It's one thing that I've, I've uh, recognized as I've been going through this thing called life. There is an issue that I've been trying to ponder over for some time. It's that the, the religions of the world, or society in general, they all agree on one thing. They tell us that we are trying to define what is moral, what is right and wrong, good and evil, so on and so forth. And as we do so, as we do these definitions, as we pursue these morals, one thing I've recognized is we begin to split ourselves into these little groups, uh, denominations, cliques, political parties, uh, so on and so forth, based on what we define as good as opposed to what other groups define as good. The church I grew up in was a product of just such a split. Uh, it was a place that had split from a larger denomination, which had also then been split from a larger denomination, which had been split from a larger denomination, which had been split from the Catholic Church, which was a product of a split between Christian and Jew. And a whole lot of splitting going on, a whole lot of uh, tearing apart of this body that's supposed to be unified. And each time that the church seems to go through this iteration, and we, we're up to something like 45,000 denominations now, it's absolutely asinine that we've reached that point. But each time it, it seems to be a desire within ourselves to fit in, to fit into some group, to be a part of something. And as we become part of something, we begin to, in a sense, eat ourselves. We begin to look at the people next to us and say, well, they're not quite the kind of person that I envisioned being in my circle of friends. They don't think the same way on this particular topic that I tend to hold close and dear. And they end up splitting. They end up breaking apart and creating their own little group or clique based on those, those definitions that they've created for themselves. Why has this happened? I've been thinking about that, trying to piece together a lot of different thoughts in my head. But trying to figure out why is it that it's human tendency and it's no different in the church than it is anywhere else in society. Why is it that we continue to split from those we should be connected to? We should be growing as a body rather than splitting and becoming smaller and smaller bodies. And as I've thought on it and reading scripture, I realized it's because we're all trying to choose what's good and what's evil, what's right and what's wrong. We're defining it on our own terms. Even when we use the Bible, though, it seems as though we do the same thing. We, we look for good and evil in its pages, and then we define one interpretation as good over those other people over there who define some other interpretation as good. And we end up splitting once again. Further and further and further we go from any kind of unity in the body, any kind of hope of becoming one unified flesh. Ezekiel 36 speaks of the, the valley of dry bones being brought to life and then knit together. 
the the bones being knit together in and to create a body now romans 11 speaks of a tree that has shoots grafted into it making it one tree different pieces all fitting together into one unified whole but that's not what i see happening when i look in the world i, I might just be missing something I, i'm willing to fully admit that but let's dig into this a little bit further and so genesis 3 Genesis 3, we read the story, we're, we're all familiar with, the story of Adam and Eve and their fall in the garden. Uh, there's two trees in the garden in Genesis 2. There's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and then there's the tree of life. Two completely different trees that exist in the garden. And God tells them, do not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Doesn't say anything about the tree of life, just, we'll get to that in a second. So don't eat from this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A serpent comes along, says some things, takes some uh, stuff out of context, adds just a little bit to scripture, twists it just a little bit. Eve then goes through a process of temptation that we're going to look to in just a, a few episodes. Uh, but she ends up defining for herself what is good and what is evil. And in that definition, she takes for herself something that doesn't belong to her. She takes of a domain that's not hers to have. And uh, they eat of it. And the result is exile, ultimately death. That's the, that's the punishment that was prescribed in chapter 2 for this when they eat from the tree, is they will experience death if they eat from this tree. My question is, what about that other tree? There's another tree in the garden called the Tree of Life. So there was a tree we are not to eat from, and a tree that was to be eaten from. The tree that wasn't to be eaten from contains in it the question of good and evil. That entire question is on the tree that brings death. Morals. If we are seeking to be a moral people, we're eating from a tree that brings death. Just get that out there. You can disagree all you want. I don't care. Uh, whatever. But the, that other tree was to bring life. And they were both there in the beginning, and humans had a choice. Do we choose life or do we choose death? And if we read Revelation, we'll read that that tree of life will be there in the end, in the kingdom to come. But we here, we're right now, we're in the middle of it all. We're in the middle of history, and the defining characteristic of human thought for the past 6,000 years has been what's good and what's evil. We're still trying to argue over the tree of death trying to define where on the tree of death we can fit ourselves. And that's, that's occurring in all, all areas of life. Uh, the church, various religious organizations, society, politics, the Torah movement, social issues. We all do this. We look at life through a lens of good and evil, morals, right and wrong, correct action versus incorrect action. And there is a, a realm for that, but it has to be part of a grander picture, part of a larger thing that, we, uh, that we're trying to achieve. So that other tree, my question is, is it possible we've continued to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil for the last 6,000 years? We've chosen that tree. We chose that tree in the beginning, and we continue to choose that tree. Is it possible that we could begin to seek the other tree. I'm not talking about going out and trying to find the tree of life somewhere on earth. 
That's not what I'm trying to talk about. Uh, the tree of life has come and has brought life. Uh, because what was it that the tree of life did? If we read the end of Genesis 3, they were barred from getting the tree of life because they would live eternally if they ate from the tree of life. Where have I heard about getting eternal life before? Hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeshua. Yeshua is a tree of life. Wisdom is a tree of life, we read in Proverbs. The tree of life is is something that's not a physical tree that we're, we're to go out and try and seek and physically eat from the fruit of it. It's something that has walked in our midst. It's something that we can eat from the fruit of, if you will, and can incorporate into ourselves and make part of our journey in life, part of our walk. And so a few years back, I formed Deresh Chai. In the beginning, we weren't incorporated, and we were pursuing things like health. Um, we were pursuing things like uh, mental clarity, pursuing things like uh, spiritual health. Um, all of those are good things, but it was all driving towards something else. Uh, Deresh Chai doing that failed horribly. It crashed and burned, and frankly, for a few years, I really didn't do anything with it. It just kind of sat on the back burner. I had other bigger fish to fry, other things to do. And one of those was really digging into scripture and figuring out what it actually says, determining for myself what it is that it's trying to tell us. And so this relaunch of Deresh Chai, now as an official non-profit organization, uh, with a goal and a mission and a product even. But it's all geared towards discovering this question to finding life. Hence the name, Seek Life. Uh, if you don't know, Derash Chai is, is Hebrew, and it simply means seek or pursue Derash. Uh, it's the idea of pursuing something with the intent of catching it. And then Chai, life. So it's our goal as a company, as an organization, to go out into the world, to read scripture, to examine life, and to seek the things of life within the pages. This, this question, though, has been rolling around in my head, seeking life. What does that mean? How, how does that go into practice? How do we choose the tree of life? In order to choose the tree of life, we have to first define what the tree of life is. And in order to define, we have to seek. We have to look for it. We have to try to um, gather all of the information that we can. And the scripture says, Yeshua says, that those who seek will find. But seek what? What is it that he's talking about seeking in that verse? Uh, what he's talking about is seeking the kingdom of God. And what is the kingdom of God? The, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of the heavens, it's the gospel. And our, our immigration pass, as it were, is, is through the blood of Yeshua. So to get us into this kingdom. Uh, but it's this kingdom, it's a, being a member of this kingdom, that brings life. Right? It, if we read Isaiah, if we read Revelation, uh, the kingdom, when it actually physically manifests on earth as a as an actual kingdom with the king we read that death is indeed put to death and it becomes a kingdom of life it's a kingdom where the years of a man will be as the years of a tree and it says a kingdom where there will be no pain there will be no hardship it'll be a kingdom full of life from the originator of life but what is life? Well, to answer that, we have to seek it. 
And so this experiment begins. This podcast, this uh, video channel on YouTube, it's, it's really just going to be an experiment trying to figure out what life is, trying to look into the pages of scripture and see what we can find about life, to seek and discover life in as many ways as possible, and to use those to define our actions, to define how we live, and to define how we relate to each other. Uh, we've been asking the wrong question too long. We've been seeking to know good and evil. But that whole question, it's on the tree of death. Together, both parts, good and evil. The knowledge of good and evil, it's on that tree of death. So why do we keep eating from the tree of death? In my opinion, we're asking the wrong questions. We need to start asking the right questions. How do we even know if we're asking the right questions? What questions do we need to ask? First of all, we need to ask, where is life to be found? And stop asking, is this thing good or evil? But does it bring life or does it bring death? And I'll tell you, when you start uh, looking at some of the things in Scripture from that lens, it makes a lot more sense. And so I've begun to implement this in my life. And I found that even just in the last two weeks, that there were things in my life that were things of death. Uh, things that I was holding on to tightly. But then I've also noticed that there are times when I'm faced with two versions of life, if you will. One where life can burn hotly and brightly, um, could ignite something, but then could be a flash in the pan and gone forever. Another one that's more long-term based. I'm still not sure where I fall on that. That, As I look in my own life and look at the choices before me, I'm not sure where that falls. So in every decision and everything that I do, I'm, I'm trying to ask myself, is there life in this? So how do we begin to define life? Well, in Deuteronomy 30, we read a couple verses that are, that are quite fascinating uh, because they present these um, dichotomies of thought. So Deuteronomy 30, verse 15 says, See, I've set before you today life and good and death and evil. Life and good, death and evil. So we've got life and good, death and evil. Good and evil are part of that. But it doesn't stop there. If you read the next verse, it says, For the word is near your heart, very near you in your mouth and your heart to do it. See, I've set to be before you today life and good and death and evil, and I'm commanding you today to love Hashem your Elohim and to walk in his ways and to guard his commands and his laws and his judgment, judgments, and you shall live. So what's the result of choosing the right thing? It's life. Continue on, down to verse thir uh, 19. And it says, I've called the heavens and the earth as witnesses today against you. I have set before you life and death and the blessing and the curse. This time he's using blessing and curse as the uh, opposite of life and death, rather than good and evil. Uh, therefore you should choose life so that you live, both you and your seed. In both instances, life and death are part of that dichotomy. And in both instances, the result is life. So let's look to the things of life. Good and evil is one small part of life. It's not the full answer. We need to expand our thought into that realm of life versus death. So as I mentioned before, this is this is really just an experiment. But as I've incorporated into my own life, I've begun to have some pretty amazing results. Not necessarily results in the physical, uh, but definitely results in my, my own mental state. 
um, results in expectations from the world, uh, results in the ways that my life has changed, the actions that I'm doing differently. Um, and it's it's been positive. It's been good. It's been growth. Hasn't been easy. Growth is never easy. Growth is difficult. But as I continue on, I'm noticing decisions are becoming easier and easier and easier to make. Temptations that I used to face before, when they hit me, I don't go, oh, is this the right thing or not? Can I do it? Oh, I'm still, if I do it, I still am covered by the blood of Yeshua, so on and so forth. I don't even ask that question anymore. I just simply ask, does it bring me life? If the answer is no, then don't do it. It's not easy. It gets harder. Well, it starts hard. It gets easier. But it's not ever going to be easy. So, what is life? One thing we have to always keep in mind, life doesn't mean longevity. It doesn't mean a lot of years on your life. And life also isn't found in quality. It doesn't mean having all the things you want or having health or anything else. Life is found in one place, according to Scripture. It's found in Yeshua. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Yeshua is the Hebrew name for uh, Jesus. We call him Jesus in the East. Sorry, call him Jesus in the West. And, uh, yeah, I, I choose to use the name his mom gave him. A name that means salvation. Jesus really doesn't mean anything. But Yeshua in Hebrew means salvation, and that was the name he was given by his mother. Anyway, uh, so I'm going to use that name. Uh, don't get me started on pronunciation. I'm going to use Yeshua. If you try, if you pronounce it another way, or if you think that it's important how you pronounce it, uh, it's not an issue. Uh, I'll call him Jesus as well. Um, it's, it really doesn't matter. Okay, so back to the topic at hand. Life is found in Yeshua, and in his life, how did he model life? Well, he brought people to life from death. He healed people. He made the deaf to hear. He brought sight to the blind. He removed demons. He, f he fought spiritual battles. All of those things, though, are, were side effects. They were actions towards something larger, that, that larger thing being the kingdom of God. He was bearing fruit for the kingdom of God in all that he did. Uh, if life were simply longevity, simply living a large number of years, then our Savior wouldn't have died at a young age. He wouldn't have gone to the cross willingly. He would have fought. He would have clawed his way to the top. If it was quality, he would have accepted uh, Satan's offer in the, in the wilderness. Simply bow and worship me, and all these kingdoms can be yours. Well, what could be better than that? That's quality right there, right? Having power, having strength, having everything you want, having servants bringing you all your stuff, having your orders carried out by by plebeians. I mean, that's what everybody wants, right? That's quality. So his life wasn't about quality, and it wasn't about quantity. It's about the kingdom. And when we realize that, uh, it becomes a whole lot easier. A whole lot easier to obey. A whole lot easier to operate in the kingdom mentality. Alright, so what does a kingdom need? A kingdom needs four things, right? A kingdom needs a king. We've got Yeshua. He's the king. A uh, kingdom needs a people. Okay, we are the people. We are the, the body of Christ. We are his, his kingdom. They're the ones he rules over. Uh, a kingdom needs land. Okay, borders. Um... Uh, 
borders of the kingdom of God right now are the borders of the individuals. They're the bodies that, that have joined together to operate in his, his kingdom manner. Uh, and then it needs a law. A kingdom has to have a law. And that law is has been the same law from the very beginning, in my opinion. It's the Torah. It's what we've uh, what God gave to Moses to give to the people as proper instructions. Not as good instructions, but as life instructions. And that might seem contradictory because of some of the laws and some of the ways that they're carried out. Uh, but there's life and death contained in the Torah. And uh, so that's one of the things we're going to look into. But... But one of the things we have to realize is that life, while it doesn't mean longevity in this life, life does mean longevity in our eternal life. Uh, let me explain. Um, the moment that you are saved, the moment that you come to belief in Yeshua and that you enter into his kingdom, you drop all other gods and you begin to attempt to walk as he walked. You love him with all your heart and you seek to be a servant and obedient. Um, and through his model to serve all mankind. The moment you do that, your eternal life begins right then. Because part of the picture of salvation is death to the old self. You died. You have met that death. And so now your new life, your eternal life begins. It begins anew. You are immortal if you believe in Yeshua and if you're a member of his kingdom. This flesh, it'll pass away. You'll go to sleep. And then we'll be raised. A resurrection of the dead. The Bible's very clear on that. And that's us. That's the people who are in the kingdom. Those are the people who, who serve the Most High God. When his kingdom comes to, to earth, because he is the king of life, he can give life to that which is dead. And so we get that on several scales. We get that on entering into his kingdom in a spiritual sense when we accept him as savior, but we get that, we'll see that in a physical sense if we take those parts of scripture as literal. We'll see that in a very physical sense when he returns. The dead in Christ will be raised. Uh, we'll be part of the first resurrection um, that we read about in Revelation, I think it's chapter 19. Uh, so we have to we have to learn how to live this eternal life, and we can't do it by trying to keep this eternal life. We have this eternal life. We can't do it by trying to keep this this life that we've already given up. If you're truly a Christian, you've already given up your life. You, every moment you have in this flesh from now on is a moment granted by God. Uh, your your old flesh has passed away. You accepted that death in yourself willingly when you accepted Yeshua. You accepted a death to your own self so that you could be raised anew, recreated, remade, and brought back to life. And so then that, now the opportunity comes for us to live this thing called eternal life. And so how do we do that? Do we do it by arguing over good and evil and morals? By no means. That's well, a different tree. That's a completely different question. That's the question we had before we came into life. So life, if it's found in Yeshua's example, it's defined in the pages of scripture. Life long-term 
is found by spreading seed and producing fruit. A couple of metaphors and that are used all throughout Scripture. Uh, if we look at the pages of Scripture through the lens of life rather than through good and evil, how does that shift our focus? And that's the experiment. How does it shift our focus? How is that different? How do we become something different? So as we go through this, realize it's an experiment. I am not a teacher. I am a student. I have been a student uh, of the Bible for my entire life. Really only got serious about it a couple of years ago. But it's an experiment I'm doubling down on. I'm, I really think that this is beneficial and it's meaningful and that it can change. I think that it could change the world. But as we do this, as we begin to ask this question, what is life in this situation? We can begin to look at what changes. We can begin to look at shifts in our life and we can begin to, as an experiment, as we would do in an experiment, we can begin to record the changes. We can begin to record all of the differences, the things that were before but are now new. Um, and that's something I'm doing on my own as I've got a journal dedicated specifically to this, that I'm recording things as they come up, recording thoughts, recording ideas, recording outcomes. So Deresh Hai is here to begin this experiment. Uh, so I'm not a teacher, I'm a student. Uh, you may think of me maybe as a philosopher. I'm simply asking questions and then pondering possible answers. And you can be involved too. Uh, conversations, comment boxes, uh, our website, our uh, Facebook page, so on and so forth. There'll be outlets for conversations to be had about this. So please, join in the conversation. Even if you don't believe it, join in the conversation. We'd love to have you. The real teachers, the people that I've learned from, the people who are in some way doing this already, uh, I will put those in the description of this of the podcast episode or of this YouTube channel uh, or YouTube video. And yeah, uh, you can follow the guys I've been following and you can learn from them the things that are kind of the foundation and building blocks of, of what they're doing. Uh, I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel. I'm not trying to replicate their, their work. Uh, I'm trying to take their work and then expand it, move it further into a, a new step, into a new realm, perhaps. So the real teachers, they will be in the descriptions of each episode. Check them out. highly recommend most of them. I don't agree with any of them 100%. <laughs> Who can you agree with 100%, right? Um, if you really think about it, there's no one who has the exact same view of the world as you do. But uh, that's what we're going to do. Uh, there will be a lot of things that I'm going to state as simply fact in some of my episodes. Um, if you have questions on them, check out the description, check out the teachers there. Uh, there's a chance that there's a teaching that uh, takes an hour to actually delve into something that I'm just stating as fact done. Let's move on to carry that, that idea further. If you come along on this, if you join in with this experiment and join in the conversation, you're going to have to do a lot of your own work. You're going to have to think your own thoughts. Uh, we're here to facilitate this effort. We're not here to impose anything, though. And so there's Hai, we've got several ways I'm going to do that. The products that I mentioned earlier. One of the things I've noticed as I was looking for God, I noticed that life is composed of patterns. When we see things living in the world, we see patterns inherent in those things. When we see things that are not alive, then we see chaos. The author of life works in patterns. And so we have to look at those patterns 
And by doing so, I think we can really sink our teeth into some really deep stuff and we can discover a, a lot about what it is that Scripture and God is trying to tell us. Uh, so Derosh Chai is going to be exploring patterns in two different ways. first way is going to be through this video podcast, uh, video channel and podcast. And we're going to begin going through Scripture really slowly. Uh, we're going to begin in the Torah. We're going to follow what's called the three-year cycle in Judaism. When they go through their first five books, they have a one-year cycle, which goes through it very quickly. I've done that three times now. Missed so much doing that. We're going to slow it down and go slowly. Sometimes that means the, the uh, text in question will be just a matter of verses. Other times it'll be a couple chapters. But as we go into each week, um, I will be posting the following week's uh, scripture early so that you can dig into the text yourself and see what you come up with. Uh, and then each week I'm going to put out a new episode uh, going through that week's Parsha. So it's just a Hebrew word for portion. We're going to go through each work week's Parsha and try to find the things of life within it. first few episodes uh, have already been mapped out. And uh, we're going to be looking at ways to look at scripture in order to discover patterns. Uh, I think that's going to be uh, hugely useful in the future as we start to get into some of the more difficult parts of scripture. To have these tools in our tool bag that we can go to, uh, that we can pull out and use in various situations to uh, help us to find the things of life. The second way, the second way that Derech Chai is going to be ex exploring patterns is a patterns-based Bible. This is going to be a um, exploration of chiasms in Scripture. Uh, it's going to be a website, a uh, good portion into it. Um, I've got the second draft done for uh, Genesis, Exodus, and I'm working on Leviticus right now. Um, got the first draft done of the entire Bible. And um, as I go through and refine each book, we're going to release them in chunks. Uh, so... Uh, hopefully before the middle of summer we will have the Torah, the first five books, all done, second draft finished, uploaded to the website. The website will go live at that point. Um, and then six months after on each uh, section for a total of three years. That also is going to take three years to get through. And it's going to be awesome. <laughs> it's, it, it has really shifted my own view on what scripture is and how it works. Uh, and it, it Open, opened my eyes to a lot of things that were really hidden in the pages, and then suddenly it just comes to life. Uh, one thing we'll notice is that the, the patterns in Scripture, the, the chiasms, are fractal, um, and they're nested and they're layered within each other uh, in a very mathematical way. So part of that whole thing is going to be, made a, we're toying around with the idea of making art based on those patterns. Uh, still not really sure what that'll look like. Uh, if you look at our logo, the circles, that is a picture of Exodus. The chiasm's in Exodus, and there's a layer that's that's completely missing from that picture, because it just it gets really busy when you put that last layer in. Uh, so that is an example of art, perhaps, that could come out from um, from the, the chiasm view of it. Another way that we'll be exploring life is through several books. Uh, I myself am working on a couple books. The first one that I'm really working on right now is my own personal testimony, specifically the last 10 years. And it'll go through 
a place where I thought I was okay, to rock bottom, to being rebuilt anew. Um, very difficult circumstances I went through. Uh, really going to dig in and, and kind of explore some of my own uh, psychological faults, some of my own past, some history, some of my my sins, um, some things that have been done to me that are up to now secret. Um, I'm going to be opening my life to that, uh, to a lot of scrutiny in this process. Uh, and that kind of scares me, but it's uh, something I really think that I need to do. Um, and the, the way I got that idea is reading in Revelation 12 that the, uh, the saints overcame the dragon through the blood of Messiah. They were redeemed. They were um, part of the kingdom. And the word of their testimony. And so the word of my testimony. Uh, a person's story is a very powerful thing. Um, we have the testimony of Yeshua. We have the testimony of Israel written in book form. Um, there are tons of sites out there with video form format uh, testimonials. Um, one that I recommend for the Torah movement is Torah United. They've got some amazing testimonies on there. People who have uh, gone through some really difficult things that God has really um, turned their lives around and made them into a new creation. One of the things I hope to do with Dershchai is make it an outlet at some point for uh, people who wish to uh, tell their story in written form. Who don't want to do it in video format? They want to. They want to write it out. Sometimes writing it out is a lot easier, uh, especially if you've got ideas that you want to explore or circumstances that you may want to look into the history of. And it makes it a lot easier to plot, to plot everything rather than just sitting in front of a camera and speaking it. So, that's going to be the first, uh, the first book on the docket. Um, then I'm also going to be doing a Passover book and a Hanukkah book, both of those uh, very early phases, uh, just ideas right now. Um, but I think they're going to be really cool, uh, really profound. Um, my, my lovely wife, who is part of this venture, is um, putting together a cookbook. Part of our, our path, part of our process, uh, took us through a time where we had to learn how to cook very well. And so... Um, She's put together a lot of the recipes that we took, we modified, we changed, we created, and putting them all in a book, and we're going to put that out for uh, general consumption. <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, another way, we're going to do uh, local events. Uh, for the past five years, my wife and I have run a clothing event called Swap, uh, Share with a Purpose, here in the upstate of South Carolina. Um, you can check it out, uh, sharewiththepurpose.com or on Facebook, uh, Share With The Purpose. Uh, we've been able to do this for the five years with zero monetary donations. Um, take some work. It takes a few resources. Uh, we have had some donations in the way of signage, um, space for storage, stuff like that. But very, very low overhead cost. Uh, and so that event's going to be brought into the Deresh Chai umbrella. Um, something that we're going to do as a as a our our mission this is something that we want to see begin to be replicated in other areas around the country uh, we don't want to put on a swap event for you we do want to teach you how to do a swap event for yourself um, so that your area could have something similar it's very simple uh, you simply we started with one collection place we're up to five now three churches and two uh, daycare centers where people can bring their gently used clothing uh, 
stuff that they normally give away to a thrift store or something along those lines. We gather them, we sort them, and we hold a three-day event where we set them out and anyone from any walk of life, from anywhere, can come and get clothes. <laughs> There's no limits. Anybody who wants clothes can come get clothes. We've been able to really bless some families through this, some uh, low-income families who needed clothes for school. We've been able to bless a mother who had uh, three autistic children who were very tough on clothes. Uh, we were able to get her a large, a large amount of clothing to keep her going for a while. Uh, there was one guy who came in, his whole family was gathering clothes to be taken to Africa to share it with the community that he was ministering to there. Uh, and a bunch of stories we haven't heard of people who were really blessed by this event. And it's something you can do too. It can really bring life and it can help to live out that command of clothing the naked. So if you would like a swap event in your area, go to the website, uh, seeklifesc.com or sharewiththepurpose.com. Uh, fill out the form, hit submit, and we will be in touch. A couple of things that uh, if you're watching this, chances are you're getting into the podcast and the, the video channel. Uh, some things I want to make you aware of. I don't have much experience being in front of a camera. Frankly, it frightens me. Uh, so I have a lot of bad habits. Uh, you probably have noticed a few of those by now. Um, especially bad habits uh, when it comes to proper presentation in front of a camera. Uh, so you will probably notice throughout that there will be times where I will cut things out and I might jump from here to here without your noticing. Um, or with you noticing. In the audio version, you probably won't notice it as much. It's a whole lot easier to edit audio. Um, but in the video formats, you will, you'll see some jumps at times. I'm not trying to leave anything out. I'm just simply cutting out some unnecessary uh, meandering thoughts. Um, many of those ums that you've probably heard a few of. Uh, another thing that we need to talk about is I'm going to be using a version of the Bible called the Scriptures. So you can't really see that. It's kind of worn off. Sorry, I've been using it for quite some time. Put out by the Institute for Scripture, Scripture Research. If you want to follow along in the translation that I use, uh, you can go to YouVersion um, or Bible Gateway. They both have these scriptures on it. And it's under ISR, Institute for Scripture Research, uh, TS09, uh, something along that. Uh, one of the reasons I really like this version is that it doesn't use common churchy words to translate some of the common churchy words. Things like faith, you won't find the word faith, it's always belief. Uh, holy, you won't find the word holy in there, it's set apart. Uh, so on and so forth. You won't find the word God, it's Elohim. It uses the, uh, the, the names are all in, uh, they're just simply transliterated from the original Hebrew. So instead of Jacob, it'll be Yaakov. In my experience, having these words run through your mind in differently, um, same context, just a different word, can really help to shift your thoughts on what something means. And that can be really helpful when you're trying to build a, a new um, thought pattern, when you're trying to do something like we're doing now. Another convention, you probably noticed it earlier, any time that we run into L-O-R-D in all caps in the English translations or yod Hey vav Hey in Hebrew translations, I will not be using Adonai. I will not be pronouncing the name. I have no problem pronouncing the name. Just not going to do it here. Simply because I'm trying to avoid the controversy uh, that comes along with such things. I will be using Hashem. It's Hebrew simply means the name.
The reason I'm not using Adonai is because there are other places in the Bible where the actual word Adonai is used, and I don't want to confuse those. Because Adonai means master. Um, Hashem just means the name. And so I don't want to be going Adonai, Adonai, when, the, the, when it should be Master Hashem, or Adonai Hashem. Uh, so uh, it's just a convention I'm going to use. I don't care what you do. Say it however you want. It's up to you. Um, I'm not getting into that debate. Um, in fact, I'm going to avoid many of the major controversies that are out there right now. Shape of the Earth, I don't care. I don't think it matters. Calendars, I don't care. I don't think it matters. How many houses are in Israel? Zero, one, two, twelve? It doesn't really matter. Because that's not up to us. That's up to up to God. Uh, and specifically the pronunciation of names. Uh, the, so many people are getting divided over the stupid thing of pronunciation of names. I'm not interested in that argument. I don't see that it brings life to anyone. Ever. So, come along. Let's shift our questions. Let's change our lens. Let's put on this new set of glasses and let's begin to look at life through the lens of life. It's just an experiment. Who knows what we'll find on the other end. But I have a uh, sneaky feeling that it will have something to do with life. So, join us as we dare as we seek life. Thanks for following along. I'll see you later. <laughs>